You're listening to the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. We're in the first chapter of Sukkah, and we've started to explore what the requirements are for a kosher Sukkah. I thought before we jump into the Mishnah, we're going to start on the fourth Mishnah. Before we jump into the Mishnah, it might be good just to revise the requirements for a sukkah, which we've already seen coming through the Gemara and some of which we've seen from the Mishnah, because we'll see that the themes, certain common themes, run right the way through this chapter of Mishnah. And remember, we've already learned that there are three key requirements derived by the Gemara from the verses that we looked at yesterday. One is that the sukkah is temporary, as if to remind us we're on a journey. The second is that it provides shade. It provides protection, shade from heat and storm. And the third is consciousness. We need to know that we're in a sukkah. And when we need to build a sukkah, we need to be conscious that we're building it as a sukkah. And as we implement these ideas in the Mishnah, we've already seen that the sukkah can't be under something else's shade, can't be under a tree or a house or another sukkah. We've seen it has to have more shade than light. We've seen that we're going to see that the schach, the roof material, the roof material is called schach. We, we're going to see that it can't come from a vessel, of a kli, something which is a finished object which is susceptible to impurity. And I wanted to mention, by the way, that the root of schach is samechafchaf. It's the same root as sukkah. And it can mean to weave or to cover, but it's also, um, it can mean to weave or to cover or to shade. And the schach is the crucial part of the sukkah. The rabbis are not very interested in the walls, but they're very interested in the roof. The schach has to grow from the earth and yet be detached from the earth. The schach has to be placed consciously for the purpose of the sukkah. We said walls are not important. We're going to see in the Mishnah that small exceptions to all these rules seem to be accepted, especially if we can avoid being right underneath them, right underneath the bit of the schach, which is not kosher. And I just want to observe in conclusion that the sukkah seems to live in liminal space. These aren't my words. These are the words of Rabbi Joshua Kulp. The sukkah seems to live in the liminal space between the man-made and the natural worlds. As if it has to be somewhat man-made, it can't be completely natural. Yeah, the, the tree root, the, 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 the sitting under a tree doesn't help for sukkah. It has to be somewhat man-made, but it can't be completely man-made. We're in this in-between space between man-made and natural worlds. And let's try to keep that in mind as we then jump back into the Mishnah at Mishnah 4, first chapter of Sukkah. Someone trained a vine or a gourd. Uh, vines and gourds, they all have these, these big leaves, right? So if we train a vine or a gourd over our Sukkah, it'll make shade. Ve'etakisos. Or, or ivy, same idea, the ivy will make shade. So if he, if you train this over your sukkah, and then you put schach on top of it, psula, it's invalid. We can't put schach on something which already has natural shade. 
But, ואם היה סיכוך הרבה מהן, או שקצצן כשרה. But there are ways around it. If the schach is much more than the natural undergrowth. In other words, the schach over... Over, let's say, overwhelms the natural uh, over under the natural overgrowth, undergrowth. That's fine. Or what if we cut them off? If we separate all the the vine or the gourd or the ivy from the ground, if we cut it off, at that point it becomes something we cut off, just any, like any other kind of schach. And of course, then it's going to be kasher. And the Mishnah then brings a general rule: zerkla kol shumakabel tumava ein gidul min aret. Ein masaka kinbo, anything that's susceptible to impurity. That means something that, that's a completed vessel, like a um, a piece of item of clothing, or something from the kitchen, or a piece of furniture, anything which is made by man and is completed. Really, can accept impurity. Practically anything except for a book is a kli, is a vessel, is susceptible to impurity. So if it's a kli. You can't, we can't make a sukkah out of it. If it doesn't grow from the ground, we can't make a sukkah out of it. We don't use it for schach. Anything that doesn't receive tuma, in other words, it's not a finished object. It has to grow from the ground. With that kind of stuff, we can make schach. We are in this, as Joshua Kulp says, we're in this liminal space between something that is natural that comes from the ground and something which is completely man-made. We're in the in-between space. What if this stuff was bundled up? What about um, bundles of straw or wood or brushwood? We don't use them as schach. And we don't really understand why, but the, the Mishnah gives us a hint. And they're all fine if we can untie them. If we can untie the bundles, they're kasherot, they're kosher. And of course, they're all kosher for walls, because the Mishnah doesn't really care what we use for walls. You can use anything for a wall. You can use a wall for a wall. And the Rambam explains what this business about bundles of straw or bundles of wood is. And he says, Nechush were concerned. Were concerned in case someone should, in the first instance, put tied up bundles to dry out or to store before the festival. So some guy has a porch space outside his house, and he's got some beams put up above the porch space. And, well, space is tight, right? So he's going to put his bundles of firewood or his bundles of straw up on the beams above the porch to store so that he'll be able to maybe feed them to the animals or burn them through the winter. And then the Rambam goes on to say, and then afterwards he'll decide, oh yeah, I'll just leave all that in place to be a sukkah. And the, the Rambam now comes back to the question of consciousness. It's absolutely forbidden for the reason that we mentioned above. Namely that we have to make a sukkah. 
we have to consciously make a sukkah rather than use something which is already made. That is to say, you know, he didn't put the bundles up there for shade. It's only made to dry out. And so the Rabbam explains, So we make him take the trouble of unrolling the bottles, of untying the bundles, so that he's taken an action for the sake of building the sukkah. So as the Rambam sees this halacha, he see what he's really saying is, look, we have to consciously, we have to do something to consciously create our sukkah. It's not good enough just to have some natural stuff hanging around outside our house that we sit under. We have to consciously create that in order to make a sukkah, just as the verse says, in order that your generations should know that we were sitting in Sukkot when we left the land of Egypt. What about if we've dealt with the bundles? What about planks? Masakakin bi nasarim divrei Rabbi Yudah. Rabbi Yudah says we can make schach out of planks. Now, Rabbi Yudah, remember, is, is that Rabbi Yudah, remember, he's the authority that believes a sukkah can be more than 20 amot high. The first halacha in the Mishnah is that a sukkah has to be less than 20 amot, and Rabbi Yudah disagrees. Because Rabbi Yudah seems to have a view that a sukkah doesn't have to be a temporary structure, or at any rate, Rabbi Yudah allows construction methods that are absolutely not temporary. So he seems to allow planks as well. But the Mishnah, the, we know the, the, the Rabbi Meir or Ser, and we know the halacha is not going to go according to Rabbi Yudah. I mean, a sukkah has to be temporary. It's one of our principles. And the Mishnah is then going to go and give us a way out. Natana lehenesa. So let's place a plank on top of our sukkah. Shehu rachav arba'at fachim. That's four hand breadths wide. So that's probably about a foot wide. This is quite a wide plank. We got a massive wide plank. And by the way, this could be an iron beam. Or we'll see that the next Mishnah, which we'll deal with tomorrow, talks about iron beams. So this is this is some object which is clearly not kosher for schach. And yet the rabbis want to help us build a sukkah. So they say, okay, we can use that stuff. Kashera, it's kasher. Ubilvad sheloyishan tachtav, provided that we don't sleep under it. In other words, we can accept some exceptions. We can accept some exceptions, but let's just be careful that we don't sleep under it. And I think the Mishnah would probably say we're not going to eat under it either. The, the rest of this chapter of the Mishnah then goes through other kinds of cases. But all of these cases float around the question of what the schach is like. How permanent is it? Is it made with intention? In other words, the issues that we've dealt with today then reverberate through the rest of this chapter of the Mishnah. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict.